Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Personal note, 
I was, I was pleased to see my, my friend Boris, Boris Johnson, Johnson and is no longer in intensive care. care. I wish, I wish him all the best, and I, and wish, I wish the best for everyone who is facing what he, what he faced. At the, At the same, same time, we have, we have seen an alarming acceleration in, in other countries. countries. I, I want to take, take a moment, moment to highlight Africa, Africa where, where we are seeing the spread of virus in rural areas. We are now seeing clusters of cases and community spread in more than 16 countries. We anticipate severe hardships already overstretched systems, particularly in rural areas. Which, which normally rely on resources of those, those in sin cities. As, as Dr. Moiti, the Deputy Regional Director of Africa, said yesterday, yesterday this, this means countries need to localize their response by urgently strengthening the existing public health and primary health care infrastructure and countries. The recent meeting of GG by 20 countries expressed strong support for Africa, Africa, which, which must, must be expedited, even, even though the numbers in Africa are, are still relatively small, small but, but accelerating. I, I know that some, some countries are already planning the transition out, out of state, state and from restrictions. restrictions. WHO wants to see restrictions lifted as, as much as anyone. anyone. At the same, At the same time, if these restrictions too quickly could lead to a deadly resurgence, the way, the way down, down can be as dangerous as the way up if not, not managed properly. WHO is working with affected countries on a strategy quite gradually and safely easing restrictions. Important factors to consider are, first, the transmission is controlled. Second, that, that sufficient public health and medical services are available. Third, that the outbreaks in special settings like long-term care facilities are minimized. Fourth, that preventive measures are in place on workplaces, schools, and other places whether it is essential for people to go. Fifth, that, that importation risks, risks can, can be man managed. And, and six, and I, and I can overemphasize this point, that, that communities are fully aware and, and engaged in the, in the transition. Every single person has, has a role to play in ending this pandemic. We are, we are particularly concerned by the large number of infections reported among health workers. In some, in some countries, there are, there are reports of up to 10 percent of workers being infected. This, this is an alarming trend. trend. When, when health workers are at risk, we are, we are all at risk. risk. At the evidence of China, China Italy, Singapore, Spain, and the United States is helping us to understand why, why this is happening and, and what can we can do about, about it. It shows, it shows that some, some health workers are actually being infected outside health facilities, in their, in their homes or communities. With the health, health facilities, common problems are the late recognition of COVID-19, or laboratory training, or experience in dealing with respiratory pathogens. Many, many health, health workers are also being exposed to large numbers of patients, 
in long shifts with inadequate rest periods. However, the evidence shows that when it was with person and protective equipment in the right way, infections can be prevented. That makes it even more important that health workers are able to access the masks, gloves, gowns, and other things they need to do their jobs safely and effectively. To support countries that have launched three tools to help managers and planners calculate the health workers' supplies and equipment that will be needed for the increase of COVID-19 patients. On Wednesday, I mentioned the United Nations Supply Chain Task Force to coordinate and scale up the procurement and distribution of national protective equipment, lab diagnostics and oxygen to the countries that need it most. This, this initiative will be coordinated by the Joint World for Program, building on existing collaboration between multiple partners from within and outside the UN. This system will consist of hubs in Belgium, China, Ethiopia, Ghana, Malaysia, Panama, South Africa, and the United Arab Emirates. We, we estimate this supply chain may need to cover more than 30% of the world's needs in the, in the acute phase of the pandemic. Every month, we will need to ship at least 100 million medical masks and gloves. Up to 25 million N95 respirators, gowns, and face shields. Up to 2.5 million diagnostic tests. And large quantities of oxygen concentrators and other equipment for clinical care. To move these supplies around the world, the World Program will deploy A8747 aircraft, A8 medium sized aircraft, and several smaller passenger planes to move humanitarian workers, technical staff, trainers, and other personnel. Clearly, the associated costs will be substantial. The WFS estimates we will need approximately 280 million US dollars simply to cover the costs of storing and moving supplies. The costs of procuring supplies will be much greater. We urge donors to support this vitally important system. We call on all, all, all donors to support the World Program. Today, I convened a meeting of the Emergency Committee on Ebola in the DRC. After 52 days without cases, surveillance response teams on the ground have confirmed a new case of Ebola in DRC. We have been preparing for and expecting more cases. Unfortunately, this means the government of the will not be able to declare an end of the outbreak on Monday as hoped. But WHO and all partners remain on the ground and committed as ever to working with the government and under the leadership of the government and with affected communities and our partners to end the outbreak. I thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Now we open the floor for questions.
clinicians are becoming very skilled, skilled at interpreting those uh, results and may, may speak to that. To that. With, with regard to antibody tests, tests, antibody tests do not, do not test or, or, or detect the virus. virus. What they do, do is, is they take neuroimmune response to the virus. To the virus. And it, and it takes days, weeks, weeks to develop full immune, immune response, so, so it can be detected by the blood, blood test. In this, in this case, antibody tests require the taking, taking of a blood sample or a pinprick finger, small, small blood sample, and you try, try to detect the antibodies. antibodies. In, in general, general the, the, the PCR-based tests are better, better for telling whether you're infected or not, and the serology test or blood test is better to detect whether, whether you've, you've been infected recently, recently or in the past. And there are, and there are different, different types of antibodies tested by IgM and IgG. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That can tell you more. So it's a complex issue. Right now, for governments, they need to focus. Specifically on uh, PCR-based testing or any form of testing, testing that detects active infection, serology, serologic tests are extremely important for determining how many people have been infected in the, in the population. Those, those days are very, very important to tell us where we're going in this epidemic. Maria? Yes, yes. And what I would add is that um, it, is, it is confusing because there's, there's hundreds of tests available. So on, so on the one hand, because, because the virus is identified so quickly and sequences are shared so quickly, um, a number of labs across the world were able to develop PCR kits. Um, and so there are a number of PCR or molecular tests, and these are the tests that will, as Mike said, detect the people who are currently infected with coronavirus. So there's, so there's hundreds of those that are on the market. And we are, we are working with our collaborating labs and find to do an evaluation of these tests that are on the market so that, so that we can see how well they perform when actually being tested on clinical samples. So that is, that is a process that's ongoing, um, and, that is, and that is typical when you have an emerging pathogen disease. This is a process that needs to take place when you have new tests on the market. We're going to, we're going to be doing the same thing with, with the serologic assets that are also on the market. Uh, we did issue a scientific brief a few days ago, which outlines why it's difficult right now to be able to use rapid antibody tests, which do not, not detect acute current, current infection, but do detect if you were infected in the past. Uh, we, uh, recommend we recommend those, those right now for research. research. Um, and so those are absolutely critical to be able to evaluate what proportion of the population has, has been infected with this novel coronavirus. Um, um, there, is, there is a lot on the market, and this is a positive thing. What we, what we need to do is make to make sure that they are evaluated and, and validated um, across, across uh, multiple labs so, so that we can see how well they do perform in, in actual spy countries. countries. 
Thank you, thank you very much for these late answers and thank you, Patrick, for your kind, kind words on behalf of the uh, uh, Association of Engineer-based Correspondents and all your proposals that we will see this either. We will get some extra questions. Yes, please, please. On, on the, the questions from Catherine, I'd like, like to say how great we are, how our general-based journalists and then we would be happy to organize an exclusive session with our general-based journalists. Thank you, thank you so much, Catherine, for bringing that. Thank you, thank you.
that the, that healthcare, the healthcare environment is an, is an environment in which people can be safe and treated. But it is also an environment in which viruses and those things are present. And we, and we need patients and we need to protect those health workers. It takes, it takes a long time to build a health workforce. Uh, and, it and it should not be sacrificed uh, to, 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 to any virus. Uh, and, it and it should be protected. Uh, and it's and especially true in countries that have invested, 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 invested precious, precious development funds in building, in building a health workforce, which is a central and vital health system. Health system, health system, system is, not is not bricks and mortar. The health, health system is not, is not technology and infrastructure. That's part of it. The heart, the heart of the health system are the health, health workers. And everybody, everybody knows that. And we, and do, we do have a short-term short objective now. And that is, that is to get the best possible protection for those workers. And all of, all of us have a responsibility on that. Uh, and, and, and also on the long, long term, we have, we have to learn the lesson. We can no longer, longer leave a health healthcare system exposed, exposed to, to infectious, infectious diseases. diseases. Without protection, it has to, has to be managed. manage those. Um, and, that's, and that's going to be a big discussion that needs, needs to happen. I, I, I believe we should have for this, this and every weekend. weekend. But the Director, Director General, General may have a comment, comment to make on this because he's involved in much, much discussion with this EIP20 partners and others. How we strengthen this system. Uh, and never, never let this happen, happen again. Yes, yes so, so just to add to, in addition, addition to the, the, the personal, personal protective gear, gear that we must provide to our frontline workers and masks, and masks uh, medical masks and respirators, gloves, gloves gowns, gowns um, and, and we, we must, must train, train our healthcare, healthcare workers. So what, so we've, what we've seen from the recent, the recent studies uh, that, that have been published on healthcare worker infections, which we're very, very grateful to see evidence around, around this. Um, um, I, I first should say, say sorry, sorry for the loss, the loss that you, that you, that you that mentioned. mentioned. Um, what we, what must we must do is we must train, train our healthcare workers for, for respiratory, respiratory diseases, for, for infectious diseases. Um, because what we've seen is in some, some initial cases of healthcare worker infections, they've been infected, they've been infected, they've been infected in different wards where they're not, where they're not used to infectious diseases. They may, they may be long-term care wards for older individuals, and so they, and so they just don't have the training. Um, right, right now, COVID-19, um, um, circling the globe, all healthcare workers must, must know about this virus. virus. They, must, they must know how this is transmitted, and they, and they must know how, know how to protect themselves. themselves. Um, we, we have trainings that we put up, up on our open WHO platform, um, which are interactive, um, which can teach healthcare workers about what this virus is, how it is transmitted, and how, and how they can protect themselves. Um, and not, and not only how, what, what needs to be worn, how, how to put the materials on, on, how to put the PE on, on how, to how to take the PE safe safely. Um, um, we, we must also find ways in which we provide psychosocial support to our healthcare workers and our frontline workers because this, this is a very, very difficult position that all of, all of them are put in now will, will be put in um, in, countries in countries that have not yet seen large numbers of cases. Um, we need to find ways in which we provide some rest periods for them um, so that they don't have very, very long extended shifts or too long extended shifts and have ample time to rest because, because when fatigue sets in, it's possible, possible that, that maybe, maybe the, the personal, personal protective equipment isn't, isn't taken off properly. And that's, and that's not to blame the healthcare worker. Um, so um, there are things, things that we can put in place. Right, right now, we have, we have tools, tools available to train every, every healthcare worker on the planet. And that, and that is something that we look forward to working with all of our member states through our regional offices to do, to do this training so that, so that they can be better prepared to protect themselves against infection and provide the best care that they can for all patients with COVID-19. 
just just uh, uh, one, one thing I would like to say. To say. Um, countries who, who you know, know relatively have the strongest system uh, have, have been actually surprised uh, by, this by this pandemic. pandemic. Um, it shows uh, that any, any system could have gaps. And we, we, should, we should have the ability to see to what, what extent our system is prepared and where, where are the gaps and, and how can we improve it for the, for the future. I think, I think from, this from this pandemic, pandemic we, we have to try, try to, learn, to learn, focus, focus on learning what, what the gaps, gaps are. are. This, this is, is not a message, a message only, only for, for the developing, developing world. This, this is, is a message even for the, for the developing countries. Across, Across the board, you see, you see lack, lack of preparedness of the public health system. And of, and of course, the whole health system. system. And that's, and that's why Nagarajah has, has been advocating for universal health coverage for all, all strong systems, systems. And, and with, with a strong foundation of primary, primary health care. And when we done that, strong, strong especially in, in public health, to prevent, prevent outbreaks, that's, that's the most the best, best actually, actually uh, we should, we should, the, the, the best, best option. And if it happens to the atmosphere early and respond quickly, and I will address it as quickly as, as possible. But, but we, we, we can, can see now, through this, through this pandemic, there, there is a serious challenge or vulnerability even in countries who claim to have the strongest health system. I think this should bring dignity to all our countries and see and assess the situation carefully, understand the gaps carefully, and understand the importance of health for all. We should, we should not go into the cycle of panic and neglect. As you all know, no, we are now in a phase of panic because, because there is this dangerous and invisible virus which is wreaking havoc and there is, there is, there is panic, panic and there is, there is concern. But, but that, that should, should actually lead into asking questions on what, what to do to strengthen our, our system and to, and to improve or reduce, or reduce the, the vulnerabilities that we have. have. So, so the, the risk which is coming to our, our health, health professionals, professionals is because of the medical system. The reason why we are not detecting or preventing the outbreak easily or clearly is because of the weaker system, because of the vulnerability. 
and, and I, I don't think there is from what we have seen now, now no, no country is immune. immune. No, no country can claim that it has, it has a strong, strong development system or a strong, strong resource system. So we, so we have to really, really be honest, honest and, and assess and address, and address the problem, provide, provide better services to our people, but at, but the, at the same time protect, protect our, our health conditions too. Next question comes, comes from Thank you. 
We need, you need to, to make sure, sure there's, there's enough data to make, to make a proper, proper assessment of the situation. If there are large gaps, geographic gaps in the data, that's, that's a problem. If there are, if there are large gaps around certain communities, if there are, there are gaps around certain vulnerable, vulnerable communities, and that's a vacuum, that's, that's a bad thing. But I think, but I think just, just having on the daily numbers is very, very difficult. We need to look at each of the data. Are we gathering enough data for the clinical disease? Are we gathering enough data for fatality? Are we missing large pockets of deaths? Are we missing large pockets of cases? Is there something else we need in order to plan a better response? If the answer to that is yes, then you have a data problem. If it's, if it's coming down, down to you got, got wrong yesterday by one case, case or you got it wrong yesterday by two deaths, then it becomes very pedantic. It becomes very, very unhelpful. And these, and these become political bullets, bullets that, are, that are fly fire between, between different groups. I think we have to be very, very, very careful to not do that. So we need to regularly review the data we're using to drive the response to each level. And if, the, if that data is either, either not, not being collected uh, or, not, or not being sent, we have, to, we have to fix that problem. Uh, but uh, we, don't we don't need every single piece of data at every, every level to manage, manage outbreaks. In fact, you need, you need less data at higher, higher levels. You need, you need most, most data, data at local, local level. You need less, less data at national level. You need a little less data at the international level. In fact, data can be your worst enemy in some cases because you can become overloaded with data and become information poor. Data rich information, information poor. If you don't, you don't know what to do with data. data. So, so it's a complex, it's a complex issue. Uh, countries need to, need to focus on collecting the data they need, and more, more importantly, using, using that data, putting, putting it to use, use, and using, using that data to drive the response. Uh, with, uh, with regard to Indonesia at country level, it is, it is a huge, huge test. Uh, epidemics are a stress test to our, to our system. And they stress, stress every component of our, our, of our society. And governance is tested in the same, same way uh, as, as uh, social systems are tested, as the healthcare system is tested. And in many, in many ways, and in some, in some ways, all our, all our systems are being found wanting. wanting. And, and all, all of them need, need a level, level of repair, repair and renewal. And, renewal. and, and, and uh, uh, we need we to go about doing that as we as go through this pandemic as well. I'd like to just add to that. So there's, so there's, there's different types of data that's collected. Mike, Mike talked a lot about the case data, data that's coming from countries, but there's other, other types of data collection that comes through studies, that comes through epidemiologic studies, through clinical studies, through laboratory investigations, through treatment studies, through looking at how many lab tests are actually done, and what is the percent positive, to epidemiological data, to epidemiological data, to social science data, and then as, as, as Mike said, don't, don't we need this, this every, every single country at all times? Um, um, if, there if there are some locations that aren't, aren't as overwhelmed as other countries, they, they can do well, well characterized study, study looking, looking at health care worker, worker infections, infections, for example. Who could look, look at disease severity. Who could look, look at infection, infection children. children. These, these, these pieces of information, these, these well, well uh, uh, characterized um, and conducted studies could really, really help inform their response. And it feeds into this feedback really helping us look at are we doing the right things. How do, how do we need to tailor this approach based on what we learn about underlying, underlying conditions, conditions um, treatment, treatment options? How do we, how do we prevent people from progressing to severe disease? So, so, so there, so there are, are countries that could, could um, carry, carry out these studies, and they are, and these studies are ongoing. This is why we are constantly looking at the pre-publication papers that are coming to us through the journals, that are coming to us directly from scientists, and constantly looking at the papers.
papers that are being published because all of that, all of that in, in addition, addition to us talking to clinicians and social, social scientists and laboratorians, and laboratorians all of that feeds into, into, into our guidance materials and into, into the advice that we're providing to, to, all, to all member states. Thank you very much. Uh, next, next question is from HK. Shoko, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so my question is about the riot. So this is the first time I've seen Yes, yes, thank you. Um, my, my question is about the uh, epidemic. 
I have, I have seen, seen them in, in action, action. And, and, and I have, have seen their, their the outcome, outcome of all, all they have been trying, trying to do. And, and you know, you know what, what I always, always say, say? If we can, we can have, have more people like them. People who really genuinely support. People who have that, that big, big heart. heart and having been my money for anything. So that's, so that's what, what I would like to assure you. And, and now, now in this situation, their, their support is really big. And when they're getting all the support we, we, need, we need, and together we believe we, we can turn them the tide. And, and, and I'd like to use this opportunity not only to Bill and Melinda, but to the whole, whole family for such, such an extraordinary commitment. commitment. And, not, and not only the family, to the, to the foundation at large also, for the whole commitment and, and all that they are doing. I, 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 know, I know the one who recognizes this, but they, they deserve our, our respect and, and appreciation. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. much. Uh, we have, we have maybe, time maybe time for one or two more questions. questions. Yeah. So, so uh, let's try, try to get, get online. Jeremy uh, from uh, FFE. Hi, 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 Jeremy, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah thank you for taking some questions. Just a just question, question about uh, some limited studies in the US and China see so that maybe we could Situation is a picture that can be direct effects. Yeah, yeah. 
it's a, it's a very, very comprehensive answer, but to say that we are, um, you've heard me say before, before we're, we're working directly with clinicians who are in the field who are dealing with patients, um, so and so any, any impact on the body, the body uh, from infectious, infectious virus is being evaluated. Um, whether, whether this is something that is systematic, um, that, we're that we're seeing a large number of patients, patients or a subset of the population, um, all, of, all of it is on the table. Um, and, and until we have a perfect, perfect clear understanding of what this virus does um, to, to people, people who are, are infected, um, everything, everything is on the table. table. Um, and so, um, and so this, this is something that is being looked at by the clinicians. Um, it's, and it's not currently covered in our clinical management guidance, but if this is something that does come out from the literature and does come out from the experience of clinicians, Will certainly be something that we will provide, provide some guidance on. Thank you, Dr. Rajnath. I'm trying now to, to, to Simon, Simon Teba from Channel Africa. Africa. Simon, Simon, can you hear us? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, please, please go ahead. So, so my, my name is Simon Akbifa from today's News Africa, Washington, D.C. And my question is on my mind. Amnesty International has information being collected from more than 1.6 million people around the world. Government can use it as them. So my question is, are you concerned about personal health information being collected by patients around the world can be used by government for information sharing companies? And is the information being shared with the future children and the business is the future children and the information that that exists? Thank you. Thank you. I would suggest that the governments and many other agencies are collecting many, many much more information about every citizen than we might necessarily realize at times. Certainly there is a strict rule regarding the gathering and sharing of clinical data many, many individual patients. Um, the clinical record is their, is their own, own. And, and most, most governments have very strict sharing, sharing policies for international and national, and national sharing of data, data and have and rules, rules around anonymity and anonymization of data sets that are shared. Um, and in that, in that sense, we would expect that governments would all hold the same, same standards um, in this, in this event, event as they would in any other situation. regarding to governments using that data or Others, others using that data and, 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 and passing, passing it on to third, third parties, I think that's something, something that needs to be considered very carefully. There are, there are data sharing agreements in place, and we've asked that they should share around this outbreak. But, but uh, individuals personalized data, identify or information, this is not data that needs to, to, move, to move around. But we need, we need this data, other, other kinds of data. So, so um, it's very, 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 very important. There are, there are concerns to this whole outbreak. Regarding individual rights versus the rights of the community, it's very, very, very important. We own our bodies, and we own the data about our bodies. And it's really important that governments and other scientists and researchers uphold highest standards when it comes to anything from our bodies. We have a lot of data. 
but at the, but same, at the same time, we as, we as citizens, citizens also have to, have to in that sense, sense allow data, data about us to share in order for us to build answers, in order for us to come up with solutions. That is a trade-off that governments must manage, and they must manage again through good governance, through good data action that protects the citizens while developing the solutions that we need. And in this regard, it is no different to any other process. Thank you very much. Last, last question. If, uh, 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 I was because because really, uh, that's uh, Turkish 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 Uh, meeting, meeting, I, I appreciated, appreciated 
uh, President Aliyev, the President of uh, Azerbaijan, for, for his contribution by many, many dollars, dollars uh, to every job to support countries who need our, our support. And, and, and in addition to that, that I, I was also updated the President of, of Turkey, President Erdogan, for the contributions he has made, starting from neighboring countries and beyond, beyond as, 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 as they said, in medical supplies. And then this, this is the solidarity principle we have been advocating, and, and which is happening, happening and that's and why, that's why I, I have to share quite contribution. And that's, and that's what we should continue to do. While, While we're doing our best in our, our borders, borders, we should, we should also support others who may need uh, our support. So, so what, what can we do? What I can do from the Turkey Council member countries is I should exemplary and I hope all countries will adhere to the principle of solidarity. And, and fight fighting this invisible dangerous enemy together. Okay, okay, we want to thank um, um, Dr. Tedros and his team for all the hard work you did to plan and help help us come, come, up, come up with the best, best ideas for ending this pandemic with as few lives as possible. And Dr. Tedros is right, if we all, we all work together, together this, will this will all be behind us sooner than if we were working apart. So, so have, have a great day, day, and we'll be home talking to you later on. Bye. Bye.